Hello and welcome to Case Reopened. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always, my favorite skier, Kyle Bradford. Well, that's a lie, but uh, hello, I'm here. I can't ski, though. You can't ski? I can't ski. Can't snowboard, either. You suck. Can you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure I could. You just do the french fries, and then you make the pizzas. Come on. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Have you seen the video of the kid who's just barreling down a hill, and they keep screaming at the kid, like, pizza, pizza? (laughs) No, but that sounds funny. (laughs) I'm always down to watch some kids getting injured. Love it. Another noted uh, kid disliker, Colleen. (laughs) Hi! Wow. Why do you hate children? Uh, because they get in my way on the ski hill, apparently. Pizza. Pizza. I'm trying to go French fry all the way, and they're just pizzaing in my way. Absolute fools. Are you sure that's what they were, like, trying to convey, Kyle? Like, are you sure they weren't pedophiles, and they weren't going, pizza, pizza? Um, I'm a go with no. It could have been Pizzagate related. Pizzagate. Think about it. Jeffrey Epstein. Did he kill himself? That's what we'll be learning in episode 84 of Detective Conan, the Ski Lodge murder case, which originally aired December 8, 1997, nearly two decades before Epstein killed himself ago. What a setup. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if it's crazy, but (laughs) just the the time relation between the two things. (laughs) Well, you know, that's how dates work. You know, it's like pre-Epstein. Pre-Epstein. <laughs> Post-Epstein. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So the Conan's hint for this episode is heater. Heat. Conan says, it's ski season everywhere. Beware of cold cases. Uh, I hate this. Cold case was a good show. Wow. I never cold watched it. Because I'm not a loser. Who's the who's the host of Cold Case Files? Uh oh, I'm not. Ta- uh, there wasn't a host. It was like a a TV series. Like episode. Oh, I'm not thinking of the same thing at all. Then right. <laughs> what am I thinking of? I don't know. Unsolved mysteries. Unsolved mysteries. Yeah, much better show. That was a show for cool people. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. This episode begins with Sonico complaining to Ron that they've gone skiing, and there's only six hot guys there. But sadly, they all have girlfriends. She says that the only available guy here is... Conan. Disgusting. Ew. Don't be yelling pizza at Conan, Sonico. Don't go to the <laughs> maybe dark was, side. Maybe it was right that you brought up Epstein in this episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, to, we'll get to some more Epstein characters here soon enough. <laughs> This was like a flashback to the Night Baron murder case. Because they were at the beach in that one, and Sonic was like, the only guy here to look at us in our swimsuits is Conan. So I feel like this is a reused joke. Ew. Yeah, but now they're snow bunnies. Yeah, so totally different. She says that Ron isn't phased by this because she has Shinichi. Sonico then says, I've also lived my life to its fullest for 17 years, but nothing nice has ever happened to me. And this makes Ron feel bad for her until she says, therefore, you'll be treating me to lunch today, okay? Sonico's rich. 
Yeah, like, she's great. Fuck off. <laughs> That's why she's the perfect babe, Kyle. She seems terrible. No, she's rich. Which is, like, objectively not terrible. Sure. Marry up. She's the best Detective Cannon girl. Silence. I think polls would differ, but I'm not sure. I haven't checked the recent popularity polls. I don't care about popular demand. We should look at the polls. I'm saying by science, she is the top dog. What's Ron gonna give you? Some fucking karate? She'll protect you. So? I don't need protection when I've got cash. I can Mm. buy bodyguards that would beat up Ron. Clearly, Sonico doesn't have any bodyguards with her this episode. No, because she gets into some trouble. Yeah. Well, and Ron was the one who knocked down that door to figure out what was going on. Maybe I'm just saying your science is off. Yeah, money did not knock the door down. Yeah, but what what bought the the door that replaced it, huh? Money. (laughs) The sweet, sweet moolah. Not Sonico's money. So the cute little kittens are then approached by two obnoxious dudes that ask them to ski. Sonico happily accepts, and the two dudes explain that they're ski instructors. Two women then appear in one of them, Akiko Yanahara, used to be Ron and Sonico's elementary school teacher. She talks about how womanly they've become, and they compliment her hair. Surely that won't be important. Impossible. That should have been the hint. The other woman ribs Yanahara by saying that her hair is the last strand of hope for a woman in her 30s who missed her prime marriage age. Damn, what a diss. The biological clock is ticking, Kyle. Time's a flat circle. Yeah, but women are useless once they turn 30. You hear that, Colleen? Yeah, time's a ticking away for me. Oh, God. <laughs> this is just science. Again, no personal opinion <laughs> is being put out here. So that's it. I'm counting down the I'm days. I'm simply then. repeating what science journals have out into the world. Just might as well put myself out of my misery once I turn 30 then. I mean, that's, all that's of what us I'm should. doing. Yeah. Hera then finds out that the two men had said that they were instructors and she tells Ron that they're actually all elementary school teachers. Can we talk about these creeps? <laughs> yeah, very gross. <laughs> Super gross. They're hitting on school children. Yeah, they're like 16, right? Yeah, but a hot 60. <laughs> God. <laughs> what's what's the age of... Let's figure this out. Age of consent. <laughs> oh, my God. Japan. 13. Okay. So they're like... You know what? Is that real? Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> so, like... You know what? Fuck it. Go off, kings. Oh, God. This is what... Uh, 16-year-olds as you need, I guess. One of my high school teachers got in trouble for this. Hey, same here. Really? <laughs> yeah, but the school like covered it up and like he didn't get oh, in a- actual trouble. He just lost his oh, job. That's disgusting. And now they're married. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So it's a happy ending. Uh, <laughs> uh, Did your part. story end like that, Kyle? I mean the teacher that you're talking uh, about? No, the teacher went to jail. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's pretty metal. Pretty metal. Back at the lodge, you know, here at Introduces everyone, the two men are Shimoda, who teaches fifth grade, and Sakai, who is the physical education teacher. What 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 topic did your teacher pedophile 
uh, teach? Uh, he was a band teacher. Oh, mine was the art it. teacher. Art teachers. Yeah. Disgusting. It's funny that they're both like creative arts, right? Music and fucking arts. That's true. They're always the pedophile types. Thankfully, <laughs> us writers, not an ounce of creativity for us. Because we were both doing journalism, not creative writing. So True. Not pedophiles here. Yeah, just uh very good to just throw out those statements like that. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to it's good to get that in on the record when we're saying stuff like hot sixteen year olds, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad this is getting recorded for posterity. Uh the other woman is Minori Nakamura, who teaches special education. Yunahara laughs at them trying to pick up high schoolers and use it and using the term kittens as a pickup line. What do you think, Colleen? What would you do if a guy came up to you and called you a kitten. I'd actually look for a kitten. Oh. That is how that that's how I interpret like that. Like you wouldn't believe that he was talking no, to you. No, not at all. I'm kind of uh dense when it comes to that kind that stuff. I think he was talking about an actual kitten. She then mentions that the music teacher Shugiyama is late and that they were supposed to meet at two. They decide to go inside the villa and invite Ron and Sonica to stay with them for the night. They ask a local for instructions to the nearby building, and he tells them not to go, as there will be a blizzard by sundown. He says this is their only chance to turn back, but thinking that their friend is waiting for them, they decide to go anyways. Surely nothing bad's going to happen here, Kyle. Of course not. What could ever go wrong in a show like this? They then ask who booked the trip, and they all have conflicting information. Shimoda then explains that he rented the car after receiving a call from Sugiyama last night, asking him to do so. They conclude that Sugiyama must have planned the trip, and they eventually arrive, and it starts to snow heavily. Just red flags all over the place. Yeah, this isn't going to end well. The doorbell rings and they open the door. A mysterious man is outside and everybody is shocked to see him. His name is Mori Asushi, a newspaper reporter. Can't trust these reporters, can you, Kyle? Never, ever. I like how he's, like, dressed all disgusting, too. He's got, like, long, greasy hair. Just like most reporters. So Very accurate. Yeah. You say what you will about Conan, but they nail that reporters are scumbags. I also didn't realize that his last name was close to Ron and Kogoro's. Yep. He says that he was greatly indebted to these people three years ago and said that he received a tip that something is going to happen tonight. He parked his car outside and by the time they arrived, the snowstorm had already started. He blackmails the teacher to let him inside by threatening to write a negative piece about them by saying that, uh, oh, these evil teachers threw this poor guy out. Into the blizzard. You guys wouldn't want me to write that, would you? Yanohara asks Sonica to help her make everybody's bed, and tells Ron and Conan to go to the kitchen to help Nakamura with dinner preparation. Conan asks if they've managed to get in touch with Sugiyama, but she says that she only got the answering machine when they call his place. Ron and Conan then find pots boiling over, and Nakamura is nowhere to see as they enter the kitchen. Sonica then hears a noise and goes to check on Yanohara. However, she's unconscious when she goes into the room, and Sonica screams. Sonica then 
finds the letters M.I. written on her hand, and then a person in the dark closes the door and goes to strangle her with a rope. She falls unconscious, and Ron kicks down the locked door to find Sonico okay and snoring. Everyone else besides Asushi arrive due to the commotion, and they explain the attack to them. What did I say? Ron to the rescue. Sonico, useless. <laughs> well, she was attacked. I'm sure Ron would have been choked out if she was in that position, too. Nah, you can't. You can't come up on Ron like that. She's a karate queen. Yanahara says that she was knocked out with a handkerchief, and they find one on the ground. They then find a rope that the culprit strangled Sonico with. Yanahara says that she resisted passing out, so the attacker banged her head against the wall several times. They noticed the writing on her hand and learned it was made with her now-missing lipstick. Sonico's hand has a similar marking, but it reads N.A. Asushi arrives, and he says that it is likely spelling out Minigoroshi, which means death to all, Kyle. That's pretty metal. Yeah, that's pretty metal. <laughs> but totally wrong. I thought this was so cool. I wish that it was really what was happening. <laughs> says that they, they were lucky that nobody died, but maybe this time they won't have to bend the facts to hide the truth like three years ago. <gasps> what does he mean? Colleen, what, what do you think about every single character in Detective Conan having, like, this tragic backstory that, like, connects them with other people. It's going to be this podcast in three years from now. We're all going to be connected by, by some terrible incident on the podcast that will vow to never right. speak of. Remember that thing Kyle did three years ago? Yeah, that's what we're going to be telling ourselves. Does that mean I get murdered? Hopefully. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Well, pretty cool. <laughs> pretty metal. Pretty metal. I find it really interesting that uh, they keep running into these people that uh, have like these elaborate backstories, and then we never see any of these characters ever again. I mean, I understand we wouldn't see the uh, the actual criminal because they're probably in jail, hopefully, uh, unless they're living a happy life like that teacher that you were talking about. <laughs> The two men then accuse Asushi of being the culprit, and he explains that when she screamed, he was in front of the fireplace, and then he asks if it's okay if a kid chases after the culprit alone as Conan hops out the window. This fucking kid. Conan then finds footprints and learns that they go right back to the house, which means the culprit is inside, Kyle. Just like that movie. Yeah. The call. They assume that it was a prank gone overboard by Sugiyama, but Yonahara doesn't believe he would do such a thing. She asks where the other men were, and Shimoda says that he was taking a bath while Sakai was in his room, alone listening to music with headphones on. What a loner. Yeah, just listening to sad music with the lights out. Uh, kind of a big mood. What do you think he's listening to? All by myself. Good question. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm thinking he was listening to some Elliot Smith. So this Elliot episode Aaron, yeah, ninety-eight. So he's probably listening to like either or getting real sad, the uh, Angelus in between the bars. Definitely not metal. <laughs> they leave Ron to look after Sonico and tell her to beat up the culprit up with karate if they return. Which I love how they're just like you know, this guy just tried to assault two women, but uh just beat him up if he comes around. Ron can handle him. But not Sonico. 
Conan follows the rest outside and notices that Nakamura's feet are wet. He asks where she was earlier, and she says that she went outside via the side door to check on the gas. She then tells the rest to wait just a little bit longer for food as she's still making curry. Cuts to the mill and a sushi thanking him for the food, although he says that he won't forget about three years ago. Hmm. Conan asks what happened, but they tell him that it's nothing for him to worry about. Maybe, like, stop talking about it in front of the kid then, you know? The phone then rings and Shimoda answers it. It was Devila's manager who asked if the heater is working properly. He says that the owner was worried as he didn't turn on the heater when the snow started. Conan finds something strange about that statement and says something is out of place. Then decides to investigate what happened three years ago. We get a returning Agasa invention as Conan uses his earring phone to call the professor. And he says that there should be a case file in his father's study. I like how Yusaku was like such a fucking nerd that he just kept, I guess this is how he like came up with inspiration for his novels, but he just kept notes on every single crime that would occur anywhere. Wouldn't you? I guess. Just every murder. Just in your library. This encyclopedia of crime comes in handy though. Conan's done this a few times. It does. That's when the doorbell rings and Shimoda answers it. He, rec- he recognizes Sugiyama and greets him, and then he yanks him inside. However, he's uh, frozen stiff as a board and falls to the ground dead. Okay, this is so hilarious to me because how can you not notice that the guy's not alive anymore? kind of just grabs hold of him. He's like, hey, come on, come on. It was just the funniest visual. It was funny. Conan says he didn't freeze to death as he was strangled and points out the marks on his neck. Due to rigor mortis, he must have died over nine hours ago, and somebody leaned the body on the doorbell. They were all eating by the fireplace, so that means the suspect was likely someone from outside the house, Kyle. First it's inside, then it's outside. Conan's got to make up his mind. However, Conan says the culprit is likely the same person that attacked Yonahara and Sonico, Asugimura has Kea written on his hand with the same lipstick. It spells out Monaco, and Shimoda starts freaking out. He runs off screaming and locks himself inside his room. He tells them to leave him alone, and they decide to contact the police. However, the police say that it's too dangerous for them to arrive during the snowstorm, so they won't be there until the next day. What a scary situation. This happens a lot in Conan. Like, a bridge gets taken out, or, like, it's always something to where they have to spend the night with a murderer about. No cops allowed. Yep. They don't like pigs in the snow. (laughs) Ron then says that she wished Shinichi was around right now and reminisces about the time in fourth grade where he found everybody's missing lunch money after Ron lost it. I I like this little scene, just getting in some... uh, some backstory. Yeah, that's flashback. cute. Yeah. Yonahara remembers Shinichi calling him the arrogant short kid who came from the next class acting like a detective. Conan's quite amused by the statement. Masushi is quite aware of Shinichi and says that he was going to write an article about him, but he disappeared. I heard a rumor that he got involved in some strange case and died, he says. Rana is about to correct him when Conan distracts her. 
Asushi then tells them a warning to not take their eyes off the man cowering in the room upstairs, because if my journalistic sense is right, the next one to be killed is that man. Kyle, do you feel like you have a journalistic sense, like a spidey sense? Oh, 100%. I could tell you from a mile away uh, what's going to happen at any point, at any time, in any situation. So what member of this podcast is going to die next? uh, Definitely me. (laughs) Remember that thing that happened three years ago? There's like a name written on someone's hand, and then I freak out, and I go to some room, and then I'm dead. However, Sushi doesn't care, as more deaths will make for a better article. Let's do rules. <laughs> Who cares how many people die? I'm right about it. This you sick. somehow were able to make him even creepier with that voice that you did. I didn't even do a voice. That was just me to- talking normally. Oh, okay. Colleen. Go ahead, then. <laughs> <coughs> oh, God. Yeah, Kylie's going to die first. Oh, no. It's true. On this podcast. Got it. Man, that sucked because I wouldn't have your audio. Okay, if you die mid-podcast, at least have Morgan send it. Don't worry, she's got you. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sakai dismisses the warning and says that the windows upstairs don't open. However, Yonahara doesn't think that he should be alone. and says that she'll make coffee with Nakamura and Sakai can stay with him. We then see Shimoda in his room and he gets a phone call. Conan is outside and wondering if it can really be an outside crime. However, he notices a part of the handrail that doesn't have snow on it and a groove on the patio's support beams. Yanahara then chastises him for exploring by himself, and they then hear Shimoda screaming at them to leave him alone. Conan gets a call from Agasa and learns that three years ago at the elementary school, a female student hung herself in the volleyball team room. The reason was neurosis caused by entrance exams, and her homeroom teacher took most of the blame. The girl's name was Moshizuki Monaco. Which Monaco? is the name, Monaco. Ron then asks what Conan is doing, talking to an earring, <laughs> and overhears the professor's voice. Agasa then says, Hey, Shinichi! While she's holding it, she asks Agasa if Shinichi is there. Luckily for Conan, one of the women in the villa screams. And uh, that's how the episode ends, with Conan getting his cover blown. Were you worried, Kyle? What if that's just how it happened? Like, that's how Ron figured it out. What a musical. So anticlimactic, but yeah. And then for the other 900 episodes, she knows. She's just cool with it. Exactly. Pretty chill. Like, all right, my boyfriend's a seven-year-old now. (laughs) My boyfriend's a seven-year-old. Well, that's the dream for some people. Yeah. Yeah, for these teachers. So, pizza. So we get a new closing theme, uh, Nagai Goto Hitotsu Dake. Do you like the tune? Did you like the tune, Kyle? Yeah, it was all right. I don't, uh, I don't like it as much as the other one, but I'm into it. What's your thoughts, Colin? I liked it. There's a part where there, like the song, there's a bridge in the song, so I think it picked up at that point. So yeah, it's good. I've got the uh, English lyrics here. I'm not going to sing them because we don't have Steven on the podcast. Oh, darn. Should we keep calling him Steven or should we call him Spencer? It's funny to call him Steven. It is funny. I respect the man, though. Yeah, we'll call him Spencer. Sorry, Spence. (laughs) Uh, But I will recite the lyrics. If you could grant me just one wish, and I wish this love where we hurt each other hadn't begun. 
Why did we meet? If we're looking at such a sad evening sun. I search for the right words. But I don't have the words to rejoin our now separate hearts. If I smile as much as I can as I wave, will I look even a little bit pretty to you? If you could grant me just... <laughs> this is so lame. Yeah, this song sucks. Okay, um... now that I know that those are the lyrics, it's even sadder because Ron is looking at Shinichi the entire time and he doesn't look back at her. Good. It's so sad. If you could grant me just one wish, then I wish this love where we hurt each other hadn't begun. Even now my heart aches with sadness when that nostalgic song plays. It's impossible for me to even listen to the rumors about you free, chasing your dreams. I'm afraid to close my eyes. I can't get used to it. Ah, please God, don't mislead me. It's so overdramatic. My God. This is some real high school feelings. When we get the wish, hadn't begun long again. And then, I never used to be such a crybaby. I'll move forward slowly, taking time to take in the wind. Love is surely by my side. I've realized it's there. I want to turn with the earth as I head out on the next of my journeys. Alright. Calm down, Ron. If you could grant me just one wish, I wish I could always live with you in my memories. Jesus. Some real incel vibes here. Oh. They're 17. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> Even worse. That's prime time to be promiscuous, Kyle. Right, because we all know at 30, it's downhill from there. Yep, might as well kill yourself. <laughs> yep. Next kind of intent is hair. There it is. Colleen. Sorry, I forgot. Well, a hint should have been hair. <laughs> Was that me? Was that supposed Really, yeah. it should have been wig. Oh, spoilers. A wink? And Kevin says, next time will be the last Conan of this year. Yeah. Wow. A New Year episode. <laughs> uh, goodbye, 1997. That was a good year. Kyle, what did you think of the first episode here? Uh, I liked this a lot. Uh, I think a lot of it was just spend in, spent uh, setting up and creating interesting twists. So not to give too much away for the next episode, but I think a lot of episode two was spent trying to just uh, explain the surprises that had happened in episode one. So it wasn't as interesting, but this one, I think uh, the pace was really good. I thought the premise of being in like a secluded location where the cops couldn't get to them. That's always fun. Uh, and as far as two parters go, this feels like a good first half. Uh, so yeah, I liked this one quite a bit. Yeah, I like the characters they had to work with. They had the, you know, teacher from Ron and Sonica's past. We had Sonica uh, tagging along. We had uh, the really scummy reporter guy. We had two pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun cast to see, like, this little murder mystery play out. What'd yeah, you think, I agree with everything that you guys have been saying, and... I found that I was questioning myself as to the purpose of some of the characters, like uh, the journalist. But uh, when I thought about, okay, he was kind of the one pressuring Conan to get the case solved. And he's sort of the one that leads him to do the deduction show the way that he does it. So um, I actually found him to be an interesting addition, which I don't recall ever seeing this kind of character in an episode before.
So who did you guys think was the uh, likely culprit here, Kyle? Who, who did you think was doing it? Because I knew it had to be a woman because you know that's how the cases work. Uh, I thought it was the uh, Nakamura. I thought it was her because she had the wet feet and she was, and she had left the kitchen. So that, that was my guess. Is Nakamura no. the one that taught Sonico and Ron? No, no, no. That's Yana Hare. Okay, I thought it was her because I know how the show works, and I think. More often than not, if there's a character with like a, a history or a connection to other characters in the show that we've never seen before, and it's like not clearly uh, a recurring character like um, Ron's mom or something, like they probably did it. <laughs> Just so when the reveal happens, it's a little bit more emotional. Also, the uh, preview for the next episode kind of spoiled it because you see Ron like carefully saying somebody did the crime yeah. and there's only one it's, person yeah that's true that's true that you'd have the reaction to what'd you think Colin? i thought same as you tyler i thought it was nakamura because of the the whole wet feet thing and i think this is mentioned in the second one but um because she was the she was monaco's um favorite teacher or something like that so i was like okay i'm leaning towards this one but you're right the the preview kind of gave it away but the preview also got me excited because um we had we saw Ron wearing the earring, so that kind of led me to realize what we would be seeing next episode when it came to the de- deduction. Do you remember much of this case? Uh, no. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, me neither. I think I just, like, remembered the last skiing episode with, like, the person having the car's heater on and stuff like that and, like, ruining the the snacks and stuff like these are these are too close and like construct for me to differentiate them so i just remember that and i totally forgot all the details here yeah same but re-watching it i i loved it a lot actually yeah so we move on to the second part which is episode 85 this originally aired on december 15th 1997 the last episode of conan of 1997 god could you imagine that kyle going two weeks without conan i could never pretty insane (laughs) today is the tearful conclusion but the crime and the emotions afterwards rely on that person that person you know do we know do we know (laughs) it's a it's conan we get a recap of the case thus far and then we see conan running upstairs tells ron to stay put and they find shimoda dead and strangled Conan can't find the weapon and says it must be in somebody's room. He searches everybody's stuff and he can't find it anywhere, so he says it must still be in their possession. He then narrows the culprits down to Yonohara, Sakai, and Nakamura. Can we talk about the pose that Shimoda was in when he died? Just why? He was laying on the bed and his head was hanging off. Oh, I got this. You... So you watch a uh, Game of Thrones? No. Damn. Well, there's a scene. I'm probably the only one on the planet. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad show. Don't worry. I haven't seen it either. If the oh, show okay. sucks. Don't worry. You're not missing anything. But like, okay. There's a scene where, uh, oh god, what is his name? Uh, the guy who plays the dwarf. I'm forgetting his name. Um, Tywin. Lannister. Yeah, Tywin Lannister. Uh, <coughs> Ding Dinkle Dink. Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Yes, Peter yeah. Dinklage, his character. So he's in love with like this uh, prostitute lady, 
and then there's like, through some twists of the plot <laughs> he's gonna kill her and so uh he strangles her uh with her own necklace and how it works is that she would be like stand she's sitting on the bed and he gets her from behind so whenever she falls yeah, back yeah i did oh god <laughs> <laughs> That was a low ball, Kyle. You had to. <laughs> All right, Kyle. So he was getting her from behind. Continue. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's strangle. He's strangling her. So she falls back. Some women like it rough. Oh, stop. <laughs> You're thinking of so much worse. And uh, whenever she falls, if she. He's like hanging off the side of the bed, uh, trying to strangle her with the necklace. So if he kept pulling, she would have fell off the bed, her head on the floor with the rest of her body like flung over the side of the bed just like uh what's his face shimoda shimoda, shimoda yeah so thank you. because we know how he was killed later on right they uh whatever quote unquote a rope like however it must have happened it must have been from behind pulling him backwards uh, yeah, from off the bed <laughs> gone uh it was a uh, pretty <laughs> sexual very hot oh gosh. uh Shimoda died midway penetration. What? <laughs> this is the Game of Thrones version of Detective Conan. I just wanted to make it more sexual than... Obviously, I'm, it was a... I'm not a fan of this sexual innuendo. It wasn't innuendo anymore. I said penetration. Game of Thrones is... <laughs> ended up being quite educational after all. It just reminded me of another murder. Real recognizes real. No, it explained a lot. <laughs> Karen says that the culprit hasn't run away because he was at the bottom of the stairs the whole time and he checked all the rooms. So it must be one of them. The sushi says that he isn't a suspect as he was downstairs the entire time and says that they should do a body search as the one with the rope did the crime. However, Ron says neither of the women had a rope on them. And Nakamura explains that she discovered the body after hearing his cell phone go off. She thought it was strange that he wasn't answering, so she went to check on it. And when she opened the door, Shimoda was already dead. Good riddance. <laughs> she says that the phone sounded like an alarm clock. Yonahara says that she heard the same noise in her room across from his, and says that she switched rooms after Ron broke down her door. So she does the check on Sakai, and he doesn't have any rope either. He then accuses Conan of lying, and Ron remembers that Sonico is sleeping by herself. They rush downstairs, and Conan has no doubt that the culprit is one of those three, but he can't understand where the weapon disappeared to. Thankfully, our Princess Sonico, our, our uh, kitten, is perfectly fine, oh, no. and she wakes up. <laughs> don't call her that. I don't like In that. a panic, the kitten tells Ron that Yonahara <laughs> was killed, <laughs> recounts the attack. That's when she notices that Yonahara is alive and is actually in the room. Sonica is told to lay down the some kitten. more. Yeah. Oh, God. Just for consistency's sake. I hate this. <laughs> so, if she's a kitten, does that make Yanahara a cougar? Gar. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Sonica says she's glad that her teacher is safe as she's always admired her. Ron says that herself and all the other girls in the class liked her, and uh, the teacher says, Don't give me so much credit. I'm just a woman who couldn't do anything for my student. Asushi explains that she was the homeroom teacher of the student that committed suicide, 
and that it was no surprise that she was attacked first if this was revenge for that. He explains that Sakai was her volleyball coach, and her favorite teacher was Nakamura. He says this murder story will continue, and then leaves the room. <laughs> I I learned to like this guy. At first he creeped me out, but now he's just there to troll them. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Yonahara says it's dangerous for people to be alone, and tells everybody to gather in the living room. A frustrated Conan is looking for a clue, and he jumps outside to find a long kite string with a rubber band at the end by the patio. He glances at the grooves and then says he's figured out the doorbell trick. All he has to figure out now is where the missing weapon went. He examines Shimoda's body and finds a hair on him. Hmm. He then figures out the case of the disappearing murder weapon and doesn't know how he can tell everybody as Sonico is knocked out during most of the case and that Ron would be harder as he won't get away with using her after the case. He thinks about solving it as Shinichi over the phone but because the journalist is there, it wind up making newspapers, so the black organization would know that he's alive. So I really like this aspect of the case, where he can't solve it during using his normal means, so he has to get creative here. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was uh, one of the things that made this like a top episode for me, because we really haven't seen him in this tight situation, like between a rock and a hard place. So it was nice to see him think on his feet. I liked finally just figuring out why the hell a journalist was there, just from a plot perspective, you know? Like, what does he serve? And uh, this is why we get Conan in this really interesting predicament. Yep. Ron then finds Conan, and he drops his earring. Conan says that the professor told him that he could transmit his voice to the phone using the bowtie voice changer, so he then calls the phone. Ron answers it, and Conan says it's Shinichi, and that he's figured out the case from Conan. He asks Ron to solve the crime in his place, and that he'll tell her what to say over the phone. She agrees to do it, and puts the earring on. As they walk to the living room, Conan apologizes to Ron in his mind. We know it's going to be an emotional case here. So I thought he was apologizing to her for having to put her through it, like having to make her the the person that does the deduction show but after realizing you know the results i was like oh that's why he was apologizing ron says that she knows who the culprit is and walks us through the incidents asushi is amused to see the girl acting like a detective and tells her that there will be consequences if she's wrong and she'll be charged with slander and if he writes about it then she'll be expelled this guy's a dick although he makes a good point because kogoro's never been um attacked for slander well maybe a few times but it often doesn't come up shinichi says that she's fine and that the truth will be revealed so ron tells him to write his article and title it the famous detective mori kagura's daughter solves the murder mystery in the villa on a snowy mountain bad headline just yeah, gonna say not a good headline <laughs> a good, i was just about to say you guys know a good headline and that's too long yeah that's way too no long. seo bad integration SEO. no yeah, seo girl a... <laughs> you got a lot to learn, Clay. <laughs> what if that was what the journalist said? <laughs> Instead of just nani. Huh? Not a good headline, girl. Yanahara asks how the doorbell was rung by somebody inside the villa, as it seems impossible. Ron explains that it's possible with a kite string and a rubber band. 
All I have to do is take the string with a rubber band tied to one end and put it around the post by the front door. All that is left is to loop the other end through the rubber band and put the rubber band on Sugiyama's rigid body while tilting him towards the door and making sure you support his legs with snow. After adjusting the body so it's just in front of the doorbell, the culprit just has to wait for the cold temperature to weaken the rubber band. Once it breaks, the doorbell will be rung and the wind blows the evidence away. Very simple. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> He's got rigor mortis already. Why didn't they just prop him up? And how did they get the timing right? I assume that Yeah, you have that's to expect when the rubber band's going to snap. I guess. They probably did a lot of testing on this girl. <laughs> she says that the culprit likely called Shugiyama to the villa early and killed him then. Kone noticed icicles when they arrived, and unless somebody had come earlier and turned on the heater, there would have been none. Sushi asks if the trick really could have been done so easily when the doorbell actually rings. Ron tells him to check the door, and he opens it to find skis that she set up using the same trick. Sonico is impressed by Ron's deduction, and Conan has a solemn look on his face as she tells Sonico that she'll reveal the face of her attacker. Oh boy. And again, perfect timing with the skis. Yep, see? Asushi asks how the third incident was pulled off, and Ron says that the culprit wasn't trying to surprise them by hiding the weapon. Instead, it just appeared that way since Conan was next to the stairs. It was meant to look like the culprit escaped, and it would eliminate the three upstairs as suspects. That's why the phone rang so everybody would come to the crime scene right away. She says that the murderer is still holding the weapon as they didn't check one thing. Conan tells her who the murderer is, and she freezes up in disbelief. Ron then raises her hand and reveals that the murderer was Yanahara, her teacher. Oh, no. What do you think about that, Kyle? Uh, not shocked. Called it. I think the thing that gave it away for me was whenever Sonica <laughs> did get knocked out. There was something about that sequence that seemed a little off. Uh, oh, no, you know what it is. Uh, the original, like, why they went to the... Uh, the fucking villa in the first place. Uh, it was her decision because she had the letter from the guy who's dead. So I just assumed that she made all that shit up. She wrote it herself as an excuse to get them there because she's a premeditated murderer. Wow, look That's at good you. Point. Yeah, I like this guy. I was thinking about this one. Are there really, like, once you know that it has to be a woman that committed the crime, it goes down to like, a f you had like a 50-50 shot here. I wish it was the other pedophile. What are you saying is not that great, Kyle. Yeah, he's not impressed. <laughs> I'm not. Ron says that Yanahara braided her hair, making it look like a rope, and choked Shimoda. Sakai says that would be very hard to do, and Ron explains that she's wearing a wig. She found hair on Shimoda's neck. And it's human hair from a wig as the cuticle has been removed to make it workable. Ron says the only person who could have done this is Yonahara. Sonaku says that she saw Yonahara on the ground when she was choked out. But Ron explains that it was Shugiyama's body, which she had previously hidden under the bed, that was on the ground with her wig on. After the attack, she hid the body and laid beside her. She had made the footprints beforehand outside and wanted to look like a victim. Isn't that typical, Kyle? Women trying to play the victim. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, excuse no me. No comment. 
This was done so she could easily get to Shimoda. She then called him and told him something like, I know who the culprit is, and I'll tell you. Yonahora says that she would expect as much from the daughter of a famous detective and takes off her wig. However, she says it's just to hide her hair, which was cut too short, and that it wouldn't be proof. Ron says it's no use, and that there's proof on the wig. She says that there were scratches on Shimoda's neck, which means that the wig has some of his blood on it. That's all it takes for Yonahara to admit to the crime, and she admits that she was getting revenge for Minako, who was murdered three years ago. She says that the student came to see her and said that two of the teachers were falsifying entrance exams. They were Sugiyama and one more. She didn't want to name the other as it was somebody that she admired, and the girl planned on asking him herself. The next day, she was found hanging in the volleyball room, but she knew that Sugiyama and the other teacher killed her. She then planned this tour to figure out who the other person was and to get revenge. Sakai says that she didn't need to kill them, but she says that she couldn't forgive teachers who betray their students that adored them. However, she isn't one to talk as she used Sonico for a trick, and she apologizes to the kids for being that kind of teacher. What a solemn ending, Kyle. She became what she hated most. Yeah. A bitch. <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> a monster. Oh. What do you think of the emotional impact it took on Ron to uh, confront her teacher, Colin? Oh, I, th- I felt for her. Um, the moment, like, just before she was about to name the culprit, that's when, I know, I, it's really bad. That's when I figured out who did it because she wouldn't have had any other, she wouldn't have had that emotion for anybody else. So I, I felt for Ron truly, but uh, <laughs> she should be used to it by now. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. After the ending song, I see she talks to Ron. It says that he'll be writing an article as promised. She says whatever and then begins to cry. She then says Shinichi's name before falling to the floor and hugging Conan. It's explained that the snowstorm passed two hours later and the police finally arrive. While Conan was able to prevent the case from being unsolved, he couldn't stop the big tears from the kind-hearted detective. That was sweet. That was so corny Aww. and stupid. Next Conan's hint. Trains! I like trains. <laughs> Cannon says, next time it will be a new year. And be sure to watch the movie, too. And then Ron says, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, Ron. So what did you think about the big conclusion, Kyle? What did you think of Ron being the, the focal point here and uh, having to go through some turmoil? Uh, the big reveal, like I said, I sort of called it, but it was still exciting to see. I don't know if I really agree with Colleen here. I feel like Ron was being a little over-emotional, which is a charged comment, but still, I don't know. Like, she was your teacher in elementary school. I get the personal attachment, but like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'd be shocked, but I don't know if I'd start, like, crying, you know? What would you do? No, that's fair. What would you do? (laughs) Who, me? Uh, it I was depends. asking like, both of you guys. <laughs> I couldn't tell which, like, in general. Uh, it, it depends on the uh, the attachment I had to the teacher, honestly. And I don't know 
the way that um, elementary schools work in Japan, but in some countries, um, you actually have a teacher for more than one year. So that teacher could have taught you a few ta mm. a few years in a That's row. Fair. I don't know if this was the case here, but if you know you see this teacher often and they have some sort of impact on your life, then um, I, I could I could I'm see. I'm just it. saying she never brought her up before, Ron. You know, all of a sudden, this person you were best buds with, favorite teacher in the world, I never heard of her. Ron didn't doesn't bring up like fifty percent of the people she says are her best friends. See? So. It's always like, oh. Ron's really cold-hearted. She's just putting up a good front. For the record, I would think the teacher is like way cooler now than before if they murdered somebody. Hell yeah. Especially like for some righteous bullshit like this. Yeah, I'd be like, like fuck off, yeah. Queen. It's metal. Murder those pedophiles. <laughs> so, uh, any overall thoughts on the, the two-parter, Colin? I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was... Uh... Like, there were lots of twists and turns, kept me guessing until the end. Um, it was, it took a really dark turn with the little girl, I have I have to say. Um, being hanged by two of your teachers, that's like, wow. Um, so, it, uh, and she was like 12 years old or something, so that, that just. Pretty fucked up. I don't know what to think of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. she wasn't of the legal age. But overall. That's why they had to kill her. Oh my right. god! <laughs> yeah, but overall, I I liked it uh, for the mystery of it all. So, Kyle, I think you'll get this one right. But was it an anime original or a manga case? This was uh, a manga. Wow, you got it! Yay! You're right. Well, you're just on the Listen, ball. I know Go Shoyama. The culprit. If there's one person I know. It's a manga case. It's my boy Oyama, and he's a fucking hack. Yeah, <laughs> trash. So <laughs> lovely. <laughs> we'll be back next week with two more episodes. You can uh, support the podcast by following us on Twitter at case underscore reopened. Also, make sure you subscribe to our RSS feed. We have all the links on our simple cast page, which you can find linked on our Twitter. And uh, we have dozens of ways you can subscribe: Apple Podcasts, Spotify bunch of different places so wherever you want to listen to podcasts you can uh, listen to us there and uh, if you can we'd appreciate you if you leave a review this go a long way uh, to helping discoverability we appreciate it and uh, we had a big traffic day earlier this week we had a hundred downloads in a single day Kyle yeah 107 yeah people people need that counting content we're proud to provide it that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that'll do it for today's podcast. Uh, you can follow Kyle, if you wish, at Spirit and Soul. S-E-O-U-L. You got it. Duh. <laughs> and I'm at Tyler Treese. <laughs> if you can't figure out my name, whatever. And then Colleen, you have to go Aww. all the way to Canada to stalk her personally. Which we don't recommend, for the record. <laughs> Yeah, please don't. No, thank you. <laughs> and that'll do it. We'll be back with two episodes next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.